On this episode, we talk peach, we talk interruption and value, and we talk New Year's resolutions. This is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 174 of the Ask Gary V Show. I'm a little salty. I'm supposed to be recording my audio book right now. There was some calendar mix-up. Not sure. Haven't gotten to the bottom of it just yet. Doesn't really matter. Spilled milk. Not interested in dealing with it. Moving forward, taping the show. Uh, mm, actually, you'll see the moment where I found out there was a mix-up as DRock is doing uh, uh, Daily V004. Super meta. Is what it is. Tyler's trying to figure out my phone there. Do a little Snapchat uh, while we're doing it. India looks super ready. I'm super focused today. Let's we're just back. do it. Let's just do we're it. Back. I'm ready. Okay, cool. MJG asks, do you set personal and business goals for a new year? If so, how do you stay focused throughout the year? I do not. Um, I uh, I have one business goal, which is to buy the New York Jets. Really, my business goal there is to have the game of trying to buy the Jets. Um, I do set personal goals, they come ad hoc. You know, I started taking care of my health in July, not in January. Um, so, I don't. Uh, I understand why people do. It's a fresh start, makes sense. Uh, whatever works for you. Uh, I keep myself in check by talking to myself often. Uh, I probably communicate with myself more than most people. It's not like, hey Gary, hey Gary, any kind of weird kind of like, or silly or interesting stuff. It's just, um, I think a lot, I ponder a lot. I, um, I check myself if I'm happy or focused or what have you. So I don't do anything in the new year, that's, um, though I tend to do new things in the new year. So, um, you know, I'm sure this Snapchat hustle has a little bit to do with the new year. But um, no, I do not. Kevin asks, you are incredibly passionate about Snapchat now. Snapchat's been around a few years. Why now? What's changed? Um, Kevin, I, I've done this a lot. I did this with Instagram as well. Um, I, I only get really loud in my career uh, when I think things hit that moment when we're just a year away from mainstream. I'm in love with the moment when something's much bigger then people realize Main Street. Uh, right before I went on to do this show right now, I just retweeted that the White House went on Snapchat, um, which I think has always been a symbolic kind of thing, meeting other things. Uh, I, I have had a good understanding of consumer behavior. Uh, a website in 1996, email marketing in 97, um, Google AdWords, starting a YouTube show you know, people are just right. I bet you you could Google right now like why starting a YouTube show is a good idea. I did that 10 years ago. Um, Twitter uh, changed the course of my career. I wrote a book called Crush It that basically speaks about everything that's going on right now on YouTube and Vine and Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, the reason I'm passionate now is even though two years ago I was like, ooh, this Snapchat thing is gonna win. The numbers are there. 
Uh, this is the moment right now where I see that window of 12 to 18 months to really land grab at scale uh, before the whole market comes along and tries to do the same. I believe that that's why so many of the people watching the show and watching my content are gonna win. Many people that were already paying attention to me because of what I did on YouTube focused on Twitter and Facebook pages and were successful. Uh, because I didn't yell about Instagram as much because I was very head down on Vayner. That was probably the one, it happened so fast. Yeah. It, it didn't, like it happened so fast, it didn't even, you know, it's funny, it's, I, I know you asked me right before we went on, you want to do something about Peach, I do. It's the, re, like, Instagram happened so fast that I didn't even have time to like let it go mainstream and then talk about it. Um, so, so why now? Because it's the moment, my moment. Uh, and my moment is defined as the attention graph moment, which is the moment one year before something goes completely mainstream where I think something's big enough to really land grab and I'm not guessing and I'm not wasting my time, which is what a lot of people ask me. They're like, how do you not waste your time? Easy, because I'm tasting things like peach and musically, but I'm not all in. It's funny, a lot of you are like, why is he so, I hear a lot of people saying, is Snapchat paying Gary? Oh, Gary invested in Snapchat a year ago. Guys, I care about my personal brand and being right more than anything, more than anything in the world. In the world, it's how I will make all my money. There's no transaction that will trump me being this right historically. Show me that ghost, Stefan. Grab me the ghost. I mean, what episode was this ghost on? Like a hundred episodes ago. Like this isn't like today. This isn't like like this has been watching carefully, calculating. What do you think? All this is like by accident. You think I got? Lucky? You think it's like, you think it's this? You think I'm throwing random shit on the table? You think I'm predicting Peach is gonna be number one and then hoping three years for, no. It is an understanding, it is a talent of understanding when things are on the dawn of complete mainstreamality. And so I'm loud right now because I'm gonna end up being right. Jeez. Some serious fucking silence. <laughs> Hello, silence. You like that? Yeah. Such a good song, right? So good. I like deep songs, India. Really? Yeah. You'd be surprised, right? Yeah. You think of me as like a bubble pop, like well, sugar pop mainstream, right? Probably has a lot to do with how many times you listen to Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty deep though, too, actually. Oh yeah, Miley's way deeper than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> deeper than you think. But I like deep songs that you n- new culture nerds believe is deep too. Wow. Yeah. I'm a culture nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, that Twitter, that's anybody who like really listens to the music. Like, uh, like people that hate <laughs> when things sell out. You know? And you're like the person that hates when things sell out. I don't care. Make your money. Right. Nice. You're right. <laughs> I agree with that. Actually, I do know that about you. I was trying to peg you. That was unfair of me. <laughs> you're a super sellout chick. <laughs> that was such a stun win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> All right, from Arif. Arif asks, when I'm at the office, even though I have a meeting, I feel guilty about leaving my team in the office. I'm scared if my team thinks that the boss is always playing, having fun, and always taking a long break at lunch. Any advice? Easy, Arif. Results. Like, if you're playing around and having a coffee with this person and networking with that person or sitting courtside at a Knicks game and you aren't working but you bring somebody and you make a $10 million deal, it's called motherfucking results. You know, funny thing squashes all, the boss doesn't do anything. Results. So, you know, how to deal with it? It's, um, you know, 
It's, uh, it's first, you know, it's funny, it's first rapping, you know, I grew up in a world that my dad taught me and I executed in the first 10 years of my career that was predicated on being at the store meant you were bringing value. And like, and so I get it. I actually get that question hardcore. I barely ever left Wine Library in the first 10 years of my career. I was in the same goddamn place like every day, Monday through Saturday, every single day for like 10 years from nine to like, I was super like <laughs> locatable. Like, you know, it was, uh, uh, so I get it. And you know what? It was a mistake. I should have took more trips to wine country. I should have knocked on more do- doors and done B2B and sold 100 cases at a pop to corporations in New Jersey. I should have got out and about. And so, you know, if you're a kind of boss that goes to off-sites and zen thinking and parties at night and your business goes down, well then people feel like you didn't uh, deliver. And so you can get away with anything if you drive results. I don't think anybody at Vayner questions me being around or not being around because of the results. And so that's it. I mean, you know, the score is the score. You know, you know it does matter how you get there, cheating, doing the wrong things, the moral compass matters. But if you're able to do things on the up and up, then the score is the score. Atiyah asks, is it a beautiful interruption in your consumer's day a good thing or should it be seamless? Excuse me? Like a beautiful interruption, is it, if it interrupts you but it's enjoyable, is it good or should everything be seamless in a consumer's day? It's, it's good because you said something very interesting there, India, in your interpretation. You said the word enjoyable. Guys, there's only value. There's not, it, the, seamless and interruption isn't the game, it's value. If, if one perceives it as valuable, then, uh, then it's a win. If the greatest looking girl and the girl that Tyler loves the most in the world jumped into this office while he was in the middle of something and kissed him on the lips, he would be happy with that interruption. On the other hand, if I punched him in his face and broke his tooth, that would be a bad interruption. That didn't bring in value, the other one did. It's value, it's not interruption, it's not seamless, it's not these marketing jargon terms, it's value. And so if something, you, you said enjoyable. Enjoyable is a value. Um, and so it's value. So if you're able to bring value, if, if somebody runs three minutes late to a meeting because you block the road on the way to their meeting, which is bad, time is the asset I always say. But if they valued what happened in those three minutes more than the three minutes they lost in the meeting, for example, if that street was littered with rare Jets jerseys and they were free and I got them, I'd be okay with being three minutes late because I value that more. If that, if that street was littered with uh, Misha performing a five minute play on the street, I value that more than being three minutes late. If it was D-Rock asking me a stupid question, I'd be upset. Even though I love D-Rock, the execution of that wasn't as good. So um, it's, it, the answer is yes, I think, to the question, which is you can interrupt people all day long. Um, you know, When I talk about marketing, I talk about value much more than seamless or interruption. That trumps everything. And it's perceived value by that individual. It's not what you as a business think is valuable. Oh, everybody's gonna love this because you want them to love it because you wanna sell it to them. And uh, some people value something that other people don't. So that's just how that works out. The market decides. Um, from Dennis. It's a very weird vibe. 
5555 because everybody knows because DRock doesn't do a good job editing the Daily V and exposes things like my room number and my passcode in one episode. Room number was not on there. Yes, it was. Somebody, somebody DM'd me it. Yeah, it was. You didn't know about it because I don't want to hurt your feelings. But that's why everybody knows. I'm thrilled to put it out on this, on 004 and the Ask Gary B show. So, I was just saying it's a weird mood show. <laughs> really? I'm having fun. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> From Dennis, but it's spelled weird. This is an episode of weird names. Maybe that's why. Dennis don't don't judge people. Your name is India. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's like, I think he's like trying yeah, to it's make cool. a thing. No, he probably isn't from America. India, it's not just American <laughs> world. I mean, there's other people from the world. Okay, well, Dennis, it's cool. Maybe his parents are hippies. Denise. It looks like it should be Denise. Dennis. Dennis asks, what do you think of the new emerging social media peach? A fad or something revolutionary? I have no idea. But I do know this. Dom, who created, who him and his team created Vine, is an extremely talented product person. I've been flirting with it. I've been tasting the peach a little bit. Uh, and uh, you like that one, Stefan? <laughs> I know how you roll. That was real. You know what's so weird? I literally did that just for you. Oh, thank you. That was a one audience value prop statement. Um, and uh, I'm not ready to, to say that it's going to be here forever, this and that. Uh, clearly, it's a beautiful product. Clearly, the early tech nerds have fallen in love with it and are playing with it. Um, it's got my attention, uh, um, but very little right now because I'm in a complete Snapchat storm and there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, but I'm gonna flirt with it over the next couple of weeks, months, watch consumer behavior, see if it's sticky. There's been plenty of apps that co- have come out in the tech world with enormous fanfare uh, that have had 20, 60, 90, so is it gonna be Plurk? Uh, which is something a lot of you don't remember from 2008. Is it gonna be Daily Booth? which AJ and I thought was gonna be the biggest thing ever. Big call by AJ, was right, basically became Instagram but it didn't win. Uh, or is it gonna become Instagram or Snapchat? So I don't know, uh, I'm excited about it. I think chat, chat apps still have a lot of room, uh, especially something like this. Um, but you know, Path had a lot of users. I was an early investor, I believed in that product. That was revolutionary. Um, but it's not here anymore, it didn't, didn't fully win. Uh, and so you know, it, it's an exciting thing. I like watching new trends. Um, I do think, Stefan, you should edit in the corner here while I'm talking about Peach, if the, I gotta assume there's a video on YouTube already of like this is what Peach looks like and things of that nature so I guess you can edit that or rip it, I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's it. So that, that's, by the way, to bring value in the show and not just like to bring real value in the show, that's what I tend to do. I tend to parallel path. I'm always using and squeezing the orange to my hardest on the things that I think have crossed over the hill and have become mainstream items for me and I believe in. You know, Instagram, Facebook, now Snapchat, right? That's what I'm doing over here. And there's always a three to 12% of my energies being deployed to the Musical.ly's and the Peaches uh, and the Kicks uh, of the world to just keep an eye. Because, by the way, that's what I was doing with Snapchat. Like, I was watching. I've been watching all along. Like, you know, I've been watching. Watching. I'm still watching Pinterest four years later now to like, when is that moment gonna cross over that it's not just heavy female shopping, aspirational, is it gonna cross over male, is it gonna cross over for marketers where I can put infographics, right? LinkedIn, I was watching it, then that content thing happened and influencers a year and a half ago and I jumped. Then they diluted it with Pulse and I jumped back. 
It's a marketplace of attention, my friends. There is no, you know, like this is what I said six years ago. I don't give a shit what I said six years ago. It was six years ago. I don't care what I said six minutes ago. It is a living and breathing marketplace of attention that I execute against. That's why I have success. Because I've been good at judging the right things to bet on with my time and energy and because I take the time to listen and watch consumers on it and then cultivate a content strategy that actually brings people value for the attention that they deploy against me. And that was a good way to wrap up the show because it took all the themes in the show in one little rant at the end. Question of the day. Question of the day, what's your early read on Peach? Have you even heard of it prior to this uh, episode? Uh, And if not, how quickly did you download it? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.